0: the free for all round table
1: round two if you hear something you like on the show Or if you want to share it with somebody else, every single hour is a standalone podcast every day. So, because I'll frequently hear from somebody saying, I heard you talking to somebody about something, and I want to send that to my boss because he wants to hear And so, well, now you can find it on our website or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's say good morning to our panelists. They are Sunira Chaudhry, employment lawyer at Workley Law. Robert Benzie is here, Queen's Park Bureau Chief at the Toronto Star. And Richard Krause is host of the podcast, Last Call, with Richard Krause. Let's actually start with safety on the TTC. And I don't want to get too deep into it because it just becomes the same discussion all over again. Um, But Richard, I'll start with you because I think you use the TTC. Mm -hmm. The stats are kind of contradictory, but not contradictory. Apparently, disorder is down. So that's just like somebody sleeping on a bench or leaving a needle or injecting drugs. Um, But people, for example, being uh, pushed or or and or you know somebody exposing themselves
2: that's up and all this for the month of May what do you tease out of that well, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm glad to see that the numbers are down in some respects, but you know, the stuff that that really matters, the more violent uh, uh offenses are up, and that's troubling. And I know that when I am on the subway, which is now virtually every day, um I see uh security guards, I see people that are quite obviously there to keep the peace. They're wearing uh, yellow vests and they're they're quite obvious uh to me and I'm not sure how much of a difference it's making. I said when they said they were going to uh, put 80 more uh, police officers on the system that I didn't think that would make much of a difference because you know I would I was or had been in New York uh, when 10 people were shot on the subway they flooded the subway with a thousand uh, police officers almost immediately I think it happened uh, either that afternoon or the very next morning uh, just to you know keep tensions down and I was. Taking the subway and saw a huge fight erupt on the subway. So the the amount of police officers I don't think really makes that much difference. It's a deterrent, but I don't know uh, that it will stop the things that are happening. I I don't know what the answer is, but I don't think flooding the the TTC with police officers is it. We need uh, bigger societal change because something during the pandemic triggered people to behave poorly, uh, and in some cases beyond poorly, and uh, we have to get to the root of that. Okay, Robert Benzi, this is where people think statistics
1: lie, but they don't. What they're saying is violence or, or serious offenses are up, but extraordinarily rare in the first place, and the general disorder is significantly down. But again, what do you tease out of all this? these numbers? yeah.
3: I agree with Richard. It's, it, this is a really complicated, John, and statistics can be made to or spun to, you know, you know, bolster whatever argument we, one might be making. Say a mayoral candidate or or a, another politician might want to tease something out of something. I think um, that. The TTC, I think as people, as the pandemic ends and more and more people get back to work, more and more people will be on the TTC. I think that makes the TTC safer. When the, there are more people riding it, it feels safer. There are more eyes and ears. I do think that that um, there is a sense of lawlessness, though, I, 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 or at least a perception of it, because you've got people that are, you know, wh- who have don't, nowhere else to go and they spend the day riding the, the rails. They may or may not be homeless. They may or may not have mental health issues. And I think that leaves an impression of, of, a, of a free-for-all. And I don't think that's a good thing. I think the TTC is at its best when it is used as a service to get us to and from where we need to go, not as a place to to live. And I think that's something that that it's a societal problem. If we don't have enough homeless shelters, we have to build more shelters.
1: Okay, Sunira, I don't think anybody could say John Burnside would be guilty of this, because I think he calls it as he sees it. He's the chairman of the TTC. Uh, But are we being gaslit by people who insist that the numbers for May are fantastic?
0: Well, I, I mean, I think I think John has a, a tough job here with the TTC, especially because I, I think most folks in the city, you you see that ma- if major crime is up on the TTC, and if you have a family, you know, I I have a son that in his first when he was less than a year old, I was taking his stroller onto the King's streetcar and riding across town to visit my brother. I don't do that anymore because when you see that if, if major crime is up 1% and it's not going down, people are simply just not going to be getting back to, to using the TTC and sure overall offenses are down I see that down 32%, but you also have to wonder who's recording these offenses. How is it being actually, you know, uh calculated? Is it riders is it drivers, um, and I think a lot of us we've seen offenses on the TTC. How many of us have gone actually back to TTC to report them? So I do wonder how underreported some of these offenses are.
1: Mm. There is a poll today exclusive to the Star. So I'll start with you, Robert Benzie, that says Bonnie Crombie is runaway the front runner uh, for the provincial liberal leadership race. I think it's instructive to note here, and I'm not going to get deep in the numbers, but this is not like a horse race poll. This is a poll about how people feel about the candidates. But I would also offer they probably know almost nothing about the other ones.
3: Well, exactly. I mean, I think uh, this is a poll that Abacus did for the Star um, on the le- leadership race for the Ontario Liberals, um, because Bonnie Crombie, of course, is entering the contest tomorrow uh, in Mississauga. So uh, our 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 the research found that she is by far the best known. Um, she has a really really uh, strong positive um, uh, favorability rating, and in fact, she has a higher favor- favorability rating uh, against Premier Doug Ford. Marit Stiles, the NDP leader, or Mike Schreiner, the Green leader. So that's pretty interesting for someone who is not yet the Liberal leader. And she may not be the Liberal leader. They have a, it's a Yasser Nakhfi, Nader Smith. These are some good candidates that are up against her. So, but it's interesting. She has name recognition. And we know from the mayoral uh, race here in Toronto right now that name recognition really carries a lot of clout. Olivia Chow is ahead in the polls. Um, but I, I would bet you that most people couldn't tell you what her signature campaign promise is. So it's all about name recognition. And Bonnie Crombie has really high name recognition. She's on your show. She's on CP24 a lot. She's in the newspapers a lot. And I think that has really helped her in this poll anyway.
1: Okay, listen, she's going to get so much attention tomorrow, so let's jump to something different now, unless the the other two people on the panel are itching and itching and itching and getting on Bonnie (laughs) Crombie. Because this campaign is going to go on for a long, long time, and it's for a party that doesn't even have status in the House yet. So... Uh, Toronto City Councilor is going to introduce a bylaw tomorrow that would restrict anti-abortion imagery. And here's her way of getting around the Charter. She's going to say that you're still free to put these gruesome images of allegedly aborted fetuses uh, through people's mailboxes, but you're going to have to provide a return address so they know who you are. And it's going to have to come in an envelope with a warning on the outside. Sunira, do you think that passes the Charter test?
0: Well, I think, uh, you know, John here, when it comes to advertising in particular, what I think we need to keep in mind as well as, uh, you you know, there there are ad agencies in the city that regulate what we all can see. In fact, you know, I've represented a client who has been on the receiving end of complaints about um, pride-related imagery being used in advertising. So, So the question really, like, I think comes down to what will the public tolerate and whether or not um, we already have regulatory frameworks in place, which we do that govern what we see when, you know, we're walking past a subway stop or or a bus stop. So I think here being able to know who is actually sending you the material that you could file a complaint against in the event that you feel that there is a... um, there is a a violation. Uh, it's 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 probably going to pass the test. I think here. And by the way, when m- most people in public see an ad that they find to be uh, in any way, shape or form um, offensive, we already have a pretty robust framework here in Ontario to deal with that. And many lawyers deal with that, you know, all, all day, every day.
1: Richard Kraus, I tend toward libertarianism. At the same time, I'm sympathetic to parents who have kids coming home before the parents get home and the kid picks up the mail and there's all this just, you know,
2: gruesome imagery on it. Yeah, I get that. And I think that uh, making sure that there's a return address on uh, anything that gets stuffed in your mailbox is legitimate and I think makes common sense. But I also wonder really how many people are looking at this when I go through the mail. Uh, you know, th- we get so much junk mail, and I would imagine that probably about eighty percent of the mail that we get is stuff that just goes right into the to the recycling bin. You barely even look at it, and you just you can feel it <laughs> that it's junk mail. So uh, I don't know. I don't, you know I, I I wonder how big an effect that this uh, junk mail is is actually having. How uh, strongly it's pushing its message? Because oh, frankly, I don't think people are really paying attention to it. Having said that, put a return address on it so that if you do happen to uh, see it and are offended by it or want to respond to them, you should have an avenue to be able to do
1: that. Robert Benzi, you're at Queen's Park. If memory serves, I'm having a bit of a deja vu. This was an NDP motion at, at one point as well, wasn't it? It's it's ringing a
3: bell, uh, John. And you know, Diane Sachs is. I mean, and she's obviously earnest about this. But to Richard's point, there's so much junk mail. And 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 by the way, spoiler alert: having a no flyers uh, a sign on your mailbox does, does, does not <laughs> stop does not stop junk mail, <laughs> whether it's offensive like this or or not. But I mean, I think I think it is. It, I understand where she's coming from, and I understand why it is it, it, it is hurtful. But I, I got to tell you, I don't know. I, I have two kids in my house, and they never get the mail, so I'm not really super worried about children seeing the mail because they never, at least if my family's experience is any indication, uh, our kids, I, I say, was there, was there any mail today? Well, we didn't check.
1: So. Yeah. <laughs> well, for me, it's all real estate and it's all houses yes. I can't afford. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I know a lot of people are quite, uh, are, are not persuaded. They think that the wrong organization did this survey, but it was a survey of people who collected the CERB and uh, a majority of them said they took advantage of the period of time that they were laid off and paid by the SERB to improve their lives and get a better job. So Richard Krause, I'll start with you on this one. I still think this not only certifies that SERB was a good program, but tells us maybe we got to think about programs that support people to get them off the gerbil wheel.
2: Yep, 100%. I think uh, that just through personal experience of, of friends of mine who were locked down uh, and had their jobs ripped away from them, many of them in the service industry, uh, used that time to get introspective, to think really about what they wanted uh, from their lives, get off this hamster wheel of just constantly you know, picking up shifts and working simply to pay your exorbitant rate uh, rent while working in Toronto, working and living here, uh, and serve. Helped them do that. It was a it was a bridge to get them uh, the time and a little bit of space to figure out what they actually really wanted to do. And it's been remarkably effective in the lives of several friends of mine, and has changed their lives. So it was a good thing all around, and something to consider. I think moving forward. Thank you all. That's our time. Sunira Chaudhry,
1: Robert Benzi, and Richard Kraus. Catch the Round Table Round 1 at 7:45, Round 2 at 8:45. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 10:10 Toronto.